please stay right where you are because it's time for GeorgiaCarry.org radio with Doug and Jesse King. GeorgiaCarry.org is Georgia's no compromise voice for gun owners. Stay tuned for valuable information on protecting your Second Amendment right to keep and bear arms. And now, your host for GeorgiaCarry.org radio, Doug and Jesse King. Welcome, everybody. You're listening to GeorgiaCarry.org radio. I'm Doug King. I'm here with Jesse, and we are going to be talking this week a little bit about some events that has come up <coughs> in the world of firearms ownership over the last week. You know, I was really taken aback and not not exactly shocked, but, you know, we, we've had a lot of things happening this week. You know, the Iowa caucuses were Monday, and that was a little bit of a surprise. Maybe not as big a surprise to some people as, as others, but, you know, the, there's a lot going on in national politics, and the president has been pushing for more and more restrictions on the ability to obtain a firearm. And I don't think that these are really restrictions on on people who need to... You know, we need to be circumspect about their right and responsibility to own a firearm. This is just a blanket prohibition. And we've seen this start to play out. And the, the venue that we're starting to see it play out in is Facebook. And there's a couple of things that I want to discuss today. One is I wanted to talk about private rights versus public rights and, and the ability to discriminate in a private establishment. Second, I want to talk a little bit about what the difference is between a gun sale and a private property exchange and uh, under federal law. And, and finally, I want to talk a little bit about how to get involved here in Georgia because things need to be done here to kind of put brakes on some of this. And, and the first avenue that we're going to really get into is the Facebook debacle. And uh, on Friday of um, the last Friday in January, it was the 30th, Facebook made an announcement, and it made worldwide news, okay? Now, Facebook, being as big a company as it is, is prone to make worldwide news when it starts to make any kind of motions or movements in their policy. But I listened to the, the story first broke on BBC. I was listening to BBC4 on the Internet, and lo and behold, they're talking about Facebook's new gun policy in, in America. So this is something that really went around the world as a news announcement that Facebook is not going to allow the sale of firearms through their website. I think that it's asinine that they won't allow somebody to post their personal property for sales. So I think if they're not going to allow us to sell guns there, then they shouldn't allow anybody to sell anything there. Well, they they do have restrictions on some things, but Facebook has moved into that that arena and they've made it easier and easier to post things for sale because it used to be that you just kind of had these message board ish groups that you were following when facebook first started groups then they started to see the groups pop up for like yard sales or community yard sales and now you can be so so involved that you can actually like track your items for sale and see who's viewing them and they're starting to turn it more and more into a commercial venture and this is a, a larger picture of what was originally called the Internet 2.0. Because the way the Internet works is anybody can put up a website, and the website can do just about anything you want. The trick is is getting people to come to your website selling X, Y, or Z. So larger websites that have more viewers are worth more and get more people to your site and more traffic, and therefore your ads are worth more to you and therefore to them, and they can charge you for them. And But the whole game is getting people to come to the website. Now, Facebook has a captive audience of hundreds of millions of people. And so it inherently has a lot of value inside the website. But more than that, because it, all of these interactions are taking place on one website, it's very hard for you to shift and bring your audience to a different website. 
And so by keeping it all inside, they're able to set whatever policies they want. They can, because it's private, it's a private property sort of thing. It's the same as if you go to a restaurant or a bar. And here's kind of the, the, the juxtaposition that I want to get to today is how is Facebook saying we don't want to have guns here? And that's really what they're doing. I mean, they're, they may say it's just about sales and Obama says it's just about sales. And we'll talk about that as well. But what they're really saying is we don't want to have guns here. Is that any different than your mall saying, we don't want to have guns here or you know oh charlie saying we don't want to have guns here or waffle house saying we don't want to have guns here yeah it is would you like to know how sure because nobody gets shot on facebook so it's just asinine to say oh we don't want any pictures of guns here this is just like the kid that ate the pop tart at school and somebody said it looked like looked like a gun and he got suspended i think that they've just gone over the uh, top and and part of the problem is that the mark zuckerberg and whoever else is over facebook is all up bloomberg's honey hole well obama wanted to cut down on internet gun sales and this is something that people just weren't getting and i was shouting my head off at anyone who would listen they're like you can't buy a gun on the internet unless it goes for an ffl i was like that's not true you can do it all the time you just have to do it inside your state and you have to do it face to face and then they'd look at me and they'd blink like that's not a gun sale that's just like me selling any private property. Well, no, it's not. It still is a gun. Whether you sell it you know, through an FFL or you sell it person to person, it's not illegal, and it, but it is still a gun sale. And so like the, the gun community had this myopic view that where they could just say, no, every gun sale goes through an FFL. No, they don't. Absolutely they don't. We don't want it to. And that's idiotic to start to try to regulate to that degree. And there is no way that the federal government can order that all gun sales have to go through an FFL. The only way that they even get to the FFL program at all is through the Commerce Clause and saying that they're part of interstate commerce. And I know all about the Elastic Commerce Clause. You can go back to, like, Wickard v. Filburn in, in the, the, the World War II where they said that growing grain on your own land to eat in your own house is interstate commerce. Yeah, because they were not buying grain. So they started punishing people for growing their own grain and not buying grain, which I think is asinine. Well, it was, but it's still But, held. you know, they're punishing people for catching their own rain in barrels, so whatever. It, it held for a long time. But we've seen a, a, you know, a, a dramatic decrease in how elastic the Commerce Clause is. I mean, in the 90s, they realized that the Commerce Clause had finally stretched so far that it snapped. And so now we're starting to come into a, a much more moderate view of what commerce is and what the federal government has a right to regulate. And in the in the Supreme Court moving in that direction, then suddenly we get a very liberal president and a very liberal Congress that start to push it back in the other direction that they have the power to do just about everything. And that's just not a correct view of the Constitution. That's not a correct view of a federal system of government than regulating, you know, interpersonal sales of property I, I even think taxing interpersonal sales of property is is beyond what can be legitimately called federal questions. So let me ask a question. Colorado is a state in which you can legally purchase a controlled possess, substance. Possess, possess use yeah. marijuana. Okay. So say Colorado has made some law inside their state that says we're not obeying federal law. We're obeying our own law and we're legalizing pot. And the president hasn't touched them. Why can we not just make a law that says, eh, we don't care about your FFLs and blah, 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 blah. We're making our own laws. And Well, there, there have been some of these laws that have been passed. Texas did it. 
I believe Montana did it, and Tennessee, if I'm correct. I may be wrong on that, but this was about 2010. And what they started to say is, no, anything that's done inside the state is state province, and we don't have to respect anything that you're saying about. Now, yeah, interstate commerce is directly an Article One issue. You've got jurisdiction there. But if it's made here and it's sold here, then you don't have any claim on it. And there was a, a big push to start to do what was called homegrown machine guns or homegrown suppressors and say that they were not part of interstate commerce. They were made in whatever state. They were never transported outside of the state. Therefore, they're not interstate commerce. Therefore, they don't have to be under the National Registry. So what they're trying to do here is say that anything that's sold on the Internet could be interstate commerce, therefore is interstate commerce. Well, they're not really doing that. And that's, that's the kicker, is if the Fed suddenly came in and shut down gun broker saying that they have these sales going on that don't always go through an FFL, you know, if you're in state and you can meet, that would be one thing. But they didn't. What they did is they went to Zuckerberg and said, hey, there's an awful lot of firearms being traded and sold on your website. Why don't you shut it down? Because we can't. The feds realize that they can't regulate that. So they went to the largest Internet 2.0 website out there, where it's privately controlled and convince the owners to do their bidding. So then Zuckerberg crawls out of Obama's backside and decides to shut down gun sales. Yeah, now I'm still seeing <coughs> the gun sale sites up. And a lot of them, the, the operators have made them closed groups or secret groups. Uh, some of them are openly defiant and they're like, okay, until Facebook shuts us down, I'm going to keep doing whatever I'm doing. Um, and that's fine. You know, we're, I've yet to see the, quite the fallout of the new policy, but I'm sure it will come. Sooner or later, they'll get around to shutting down the different groups. And then where do you go from there? So what about the Facebook page that's for, say, XYZ Gun Store in... McRae, Georgia. Yeah. yeah. The, the, the policy says that if you have an FFL... You can still advertise your store, but you cannot conduct sales through the website. So what that would mean is that you couldn't. one person could not contact you and say, I want to buy this, this, and this. And you say, okay, I've set it aside for you. Let's go meet on such and such How day. How could they even prove that? Because if you say, well, this week we got a shipment of blah, 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 and show them on your Facebook page, and your phone number's there, they can call you and say, hey, I want to buy those. Yeah, and that's perfectly fine. Advertising is fine, but as long as you have to... According to Facebook's news policy, you have to have an FFL to do that. Now, there are lots of other websites, right? There's the Outdoor Trader. Mm-hmm. There's um, um, uh, Georgia Outdoor News. There's you know tons of Claxton Sell and Trade. There's tons of websites, even just in Georgia, where you can go and you can list your stuff, and they don't, you know, they're not part of the Facebook mantra. Folks, we're coming up on a commercial break, so we'll be right back. Now, back to GeorgiaCarry.org Radio with Doug and Jesse King. Welcome back, folks. When we took the break, I was trying to get that there's lots of other venues 
for people to go to do person-to-person sales, especially in Georgia. I mean, there are a lot of websites that, that focus on this and do this. Some do it exclusively. The outdoor trader is is almost exclusively for, you know, buying and selling guns. There there are other forms there, you know, for ATVs and whatnot. But really, the, the focus is on guns. And there's, you know, there's the na- nationwide form, and then there's a Georgia-only one. And the Georgia-only one predominates because that's where it started. So what about old Bubba Blue that's down at the flea market and he's selling a couple of shotguns and a 22 <coughs> and a little handgun and <coughs> he's going to sell those mm-hmm. i mean does person person he doesn't require an ffl under any interpretation and it doesn't require a background check either no I mean, it doesn't because he's not he a can't sell to them knowingly knowing that they're a felon like the guy can't say to him hey i'm a felon i want to buy this and he can't sell it to him right but there's nothing that stops him from selling it in to Georgia. any person over 18 years of age. So basically, the executive order's a big flop, because how are they going to well, make it work? It's it's not really a big flop if it's getting... Because I mean, Facebook was moving more and more into being a predominant place for this to happen, right? I Just in my own shopping experience, when I'm looking for guns, I tend to look at Facebook every couple of hours. I go to the outdoor trader maybe twice a week now. The fact that you're looking at Facebook for guns every couple of hours is not at all surprising to me. <laughs> well, you know, they pop up. And the, the beauty is, is I've got an app. And when a new you know ad comes into one of the ones that I'm following, it pops up and says, "You have, there's a new ad. I don't, oh, okay. Look at it for a few seconds, and I know what's up. Going and, and opening up the web page for the Outdoor Trader or one of the other ones repeatedly throughout the day to see what's popping Putting up. Putting in a password. And- just not as – I used to do it more. I used to really hunt there more. But most of the stuff that was on the Outdoor Trader was cross-posted to the same Facebook groups, and I took less effort. So that's where I was looking. That's just where I would tend to gravitate to. And now that's you know gone, so we're going to have to move back to the other method. And now the question is, is okay, so we shut down Facebook without any government action, right? Government didn't do squat. Facebook decided to. And let's say that you know there are other big you know sites that are multiple user kind of sites like Facebook follow suit. So now we're pushed back to what other sites like MySpace because nobody's on MySpace anymore. That's totally two thousand five. LinkedIn. Um, What's what is that? It's another one that's like Facebook. It's supposed to be more for professionals. But you know, there, there's lots of, of different social media. Uh, the social media sites are pushing guns further and further back. And we've seen that on YouTube as well. I mean, Hitchcock45 had his uh, – he is the largest gun YouTube channel, period, out there. His was shut down for a period of time a week or so ago because they said he violated their new terms of use. You know, there, there's lots of trying to push people out of these media sources. So let's say that it's successful and, and we gravitate back to just gun broker and the outdoor trader and like likes websites. It's still not going to stop it. It's not going to stop it. But then what's the next move for the government if they're going to really follow through on this and try to make a difference? They'll on shut it? down the outdoor trader. Well, that that is an idea. And how how would you go about doing that? I mean, what would be your justification? You'd have to start. And you couldn't really go after the website itself. 
So then you would have to start poaching people off of it who you thought were violating you know, federal law in some way and prosecuting them. So I, I see this as being step one. And once they're able to say, look, you know, America, Facebook won't let you do this. Nobody will let you do this except for these rogue or, or outlandish sites that are doing something illegal. It's just, it goes beyond the pale of what is our national you know, sense of ethics concerning firearms sales and try to use that as a way to persuade federal juries to uphold these sorts of convictions. And I can see that being the next step is to try to make, you know, uh, test cases out of people that are extreme, extremely bad cases, right? You know, they're not going to do their first case to be the guy who sold 122 at the flea market. They're going to find the guy who sold 222s at the flea market. This is what happens when we get Democrats in office. We had a Democrat in office when the Brady Bill was passed. Mm -hmm. And that's all he did to for his legacy was the Brady Bill and a, and a BJ. Well, he was trying real hard to do universal health care, but he had kind of uh, lost his momentum after the assault weapons ban. And then you saw Congress sweep in with the first Republican Congress in, what, 50 years, something mm -hmm. close to it. And so it really changed the dynamic. We would have had single-payer universal health care in 1998 if it hadn't been for the Republican Revolution in Congress in 96. Well, then we get Obama, and all of his stuff is flop, too. I mean, the president, the candidates now are all like, we'll re repeal Obamacare. That's what the Republican – and uh, I'm – if they're going to repeal Obamacare, I say go for it because that's a big nasty mess in itself. Uh, I a think billion that, dollar waste of. I think that there were some good points to it. You know what? The only good some, thing I saw that come from Obamacare was the fact that they couldn't charge you more for insurance if you had a pre-existing condition. And some portability issues were good. The, the problem with Obamacare was that we all know that the insurance and healthcare system in America was not operating efficiently, right? I mean, you couldn't look at... Still not. At, uh, well, look at 2004. Tell me, in 2004, do you think that health insurance in America was the best way to do it? No, and it's still not. Let okay, me tell you okay. why. But, but, let me, let me give right. you an example, okay? I have a friend that pays for a medication through her insurance, and her copay on that medication is $125. She can go to Walmart and buy that medication from the pharmacist over the counter for $24.88. So they're charging her four times that Fine. just for her copay, not to mention what they're billing to the insurance company. Right. Here's where the problem is. When we regulate our doctors and say, you can't double bill the insurance company, you have to bill the insurance company the same thing that you're billing the person, and we get real market value on the, on the medical side of things, you mm -hmm. know. That's when the insurance rates come down. Well, the pro they tried to do that with Obamacare. They tried to say that you can't bill the insurance company more than the individual. So then suddenly there was just no cash discounts for individuals. You want to go see the doctor, it's 800 bucks. Before, you could pay $100 cash and go see them. But now it's going to be 800 bucks because that's what we charge the insurance company. It did not bring the price down for the from the insurance company to the individual rate. It raised the individual rate okay. up. So instead of writing laws that say... You have to buy insurance or you're going to pay a fine and we're going to take it out of your taxes. They write a law that, that regulates the insurance through that interstate commerce crap you're talking about and leave the individuals alone. Because if we could afford the insurance, 
we would buy the insurance. Well, a free market answer to this is not to regulate the insurance companies or to regulate the individuals. It's to remove the, the barriers that exist that allow the insurance companies to charge what they're charging. If you had a true free market where individuals could pay what they wanted to pay and doctors could choose whether they wanted to accept certain insurances or not, then you might get doctors who say, I don't accept any insurance, here's cash only, come see me. And that would appeal to some people who don't want to pay monthly for insurance. But you know, it, that, that would open up the door. But what I was trying to get to was the, the fact that although Obamacare is, is a disaster and its implementation is a disaster and its conception is a disaster, whose fault is it that Obamacare exists? And everyone's going to hate me for saying this, but I'm going to say it's George W. Bush. You know what? why? Yeah. Blame Dead serious. On, always blame it on Bush. Well, no, no. I, I, I really believe this because, look, in from 94 to 2000, we knew that the insurance regulations and the healthcare system in America was flawed. Maybe fundamentally flawed, maybe catastrophically flawed, maybe slightly flawed, depending on your point of view. But it was flawed, right? Yeah. So the Democrats tried to do something about it, and they were shut down by a Republican Congress because they Bush wanted to did go. did nothing about it. And they, the Republicans took control of Congress and the White House for eight years. And for eight years, they could have enacted the, 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 the proposals that would have been necessary to fix it enough to make everything work, right? Okay. Well, in 2001, we had 9-11, and then they got too involved with the Patriot Act and spying I'm, on our people I'm sorry in this country to worry about health care. I, I can't say that the Republicans are to blame or the Democrats. I, I blame crummy politicians. We're involved with crummy politicians. The right and the left, I mean, we're sitting here looking at the presidential debates, and we've got the left and the right and i'm like okay so which std is best for me well the they they could have done something and you can't say that they were too tied up with the war on terror to do anything because they were passing stuff left right and center i mean there's ethanol subsidies there was bridges being built there's national parks being there's there's federal land bureau of land management seizing property left right and center right i mean their congress is doing lots of stuff other than war on terror why not devote just just a month out of those eight years to work on health care so that when Obama tries to say, hey, we have to change health care, everyone in the whole country goes, why? Well, didn't we just do that? Yeah, it's good enough. Yeah, sure, we can make things better next year or work on a little bit, but sweeping changes? Why on earth would we want that? It's fixed. The reason that Obama was able to parlay that into such a huge change was because they let the problem fester for years and years and years without fixing on it. Now, you would think that a Congress that wants to get votes and wants to do something would take the time to make the incremental changes necessary to keep things working, but it's not. It works in Congress' best interest to do nothing, have a sweeping change, and then try to repeal it. Folks, we're at a commercial break. We'll be right back. Now, back to GeorgiaCarry.org radio with Doug and Jesse King. Folks, during the break, we were talking about Jesse and I here. You know, we're, we're in the studio down here in downtown Atlanta, and, and we were talking through the commercials about how this kind of back and forth between the Republicans and Democrats, especially the Congress, and what I keep looking at, and it drives me nuts, is that the Republicans could have fixed health care in such a way that there was no reason for Obama to be able to run on changing health care or fixing health care. They chose not to. 
And then Obama is able to turn that inaction into a call for action and make a huge sweeping change. Well, that huge sweeping change is what the Republicans are now running on, right? I mean, you were excited to hear them say they're going to repeal Obamacare. Yeah, all of them. Yeah. I was like, repeal Obamacare? Heck yeah. Well, isn't this circular? They let Obamacare come in by not doing anything to make sure that it wouldn't... I mean, it's 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 like you know playing a game. If you know the moves that your opponents are going to make, you make the counter moves ahead of time so they can't do that. So let's go through this in, in our lifespan. We're both... I'm 35, you're 34. Yay! Carter, what did he do that needed undone by Reagan? Well, his his biggest thing was the the oil prices. People were mad about oil. The gas prices went through the roof. People were upset about it. They felt economic decline, and it was robbing away the individuals' paychecks. And Reagan ran on an economic prosperity, uh, basic populism kind of. I mean, last week I talked about this at length, but a basic populism um, platform of, of prosperity and, kind of and lower Trump's taxes. Kind of what Trump's doing now, right? Exactly. I think Trump is a, a neo Reagan. You know, I was looking at a. Um it was a political alignment chart to see uh-huh. you know, where the candidates are aligned. And it had Trump as a Democrat before, and now he's like a populist. Yeah. But he's a populist on the more conservative side. I'm a libertarian, and I'm proud of that because so I this, think they're all corrupt. Is this one of those charts where it displays on the screen and it's kind of like a circle and it points out where the candidates are? More of a diamond. More of a diamond. Yeah. Okay, and you were looking at this on what? Like a, a cell phone screen or a, a seven-inch tablet? Yeah. I, so I'm imagining that with that size of a screen, you couldn't even see Bernie Sanders because you'd need like to have a, a 10-foot TV well, to reach it, over. Well, it's kind of like <laughs> looking at a map of China and Bernie Sanders is in like uh, Australia. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> other other end of the world, yeah. yeah. Not that we Another don't want hemisphere. Bernie. Uncle Bernie. I mean, anyone who's giving Hillary that much crud is number one in my book. I don't book. know that he's given Hillary any crud. I think she's she, created her own. She is having apocalyptic fits over that man. This was supposed to be a cakewalk for her, and now she's actually having to run, and she is flustered. I heard it in... Well, when, remember that she was promised, if she would just let the, the black guy get elected, she was promised the next presidential... Well, that, that that's exactly what the Republican theory is, is let's take whoever can't win the last primary and run them in the next election, because that sounds like genius, right? Huh? You lost the primary, but we're going to run you in the next election, because it's your turn. And I didn't want to spend the whole day Where's talking Bob about... Where's Bob Dole? Yeah. <laughs> Bob Dole don't know where Bob Dole is. Um, I didn't want to spend the whole day talking about national politics. I wanted to talk a little bit more about Georgia stuff. I mean, Speaker Ralston said that they're not going to hear the, the confiscation bill that the Democrats put up. But everything seems to keep coming back to this Republican-Democrat dichotomy, this this back and forth where it's pandering to the base. And and the, the confiscation bill here in Georgia was pure base pandering. It's the Democrats pandering to their base. It's Republicans pandering to their base. It's not anything getting done. It's not in, enshrined any rights. It's not protecting us. It's not taking anything away. It's just a, a shell game to get people all hooped up about something while you know a $23 billion budget is passed in two days. So I've noticed some kind of scary stuff trying to be passed through the Georgia legislature this year. And one of them was that gun confiscation wasn't that a confiscation bill? Yeah, it was bill? a confiscation bill. And it's total 
BS because there's absolutely no way that Georgia's going to vote on that or, or do it. It's just in order for those few Democrats who need that in order to be strong in their district to say they did something. This is, it is manned by the hateful old biddies known as Moms Demand Action. This is their answer to HB60 and, mm-hmm. and all those. They and they say we don't want to take your guns, and then the first thing they do is they they try to guns. take our guns. Well, is it any different than the the um, guy who's trying to push a, a, a bill that they can never alter or deface the the image on Stone Mountain, and then he comes out on, on I think it was the AJC, and he says, "Well, the Klan wasn't really that bad." The Klan wasn't that bad. <laughs> yeah, I know. It, wow. Yeah. But here's a, a little known fact: the Klan was democratic. Well, I don't think that's little known. Robert Byrd was running around in, in his sheet even after he was a senator for like what, in West Virginia, 100, 180 years. He, wasn't he a West Virginia senator? I believe yes. I'm pretty sure Senator Byrd. That sounds really familiar B-Y-R-D. to me. Yeah, yeah. I, have you run across anything named BYRD in West Virginia? That's a good good indication. I mean, we got the Ted Stevens International Airport in Anchorage named after Uncle Ted, who was a senator there for about 40 years until he crashed and died in Dillingham. I'm pretty sure that there's a Robert Byrd Memorial Highway yeah. in Charleston, if yeah. I'm not mistaken. I'm sure. Robert C. Byrd or something like that. Yeah, well, he it, it was no secret that Byrd was in the Klan. No, but he didn't Klan. hide it. But see, the, just like the Democrats were hating on minorities then, now the only reason they like the minorities is because they can manipulate their vote. Well... I don't think that there's any political party out there, libertarian included, that doesn't like people because they can manipulate their votes. I mean, that, that, that's kind of their whole reason for existing, is to manipulate votes. Let's bring these people in and give them amnesty so they'll vote for us, even when they don't know what crooked pieces of crap we are. Yeah, vote the incumbent party. Here's some visas. There you go. Uh, you know, it, it is kind of a shocking realization when you you see that no one is really working for you and and it is time to get some more work done for us both you know federally and in the state legislature and i want to see things that aren't just pandering that aren't just trying to you know drive the base into a frenzy like like what the democrats did and then you know i i'm glad speaker ralston came out and said we're not even going to consider that i i think that it's kind of ridiculous he had to even come out and say they're not going to consider it but you know this is a kind of politics that happened during a presidential election year craziness well you know you get such a greater turnout because people who don't vote in off-year elections come out for the presidentials so that gives you more people and you've got to motivate your base in order now, to overcome let me be, able, be real clear here every step we've made in the right direction with georgia gun law at this point has been basic repeal of jim crow laws yeah yeah that's so the democrats are like no we don't want that we don't want black people to have guns no, don't do that. We don't want people of color to be able to carry a gun into public because that's what they're doing. They don't act like that's what they're doing. They hide it a little better. But those are the laws that were put in place, and that's why they were put in place. And while we are sitting here trying to have those laws done away with so everyone has the same rights and equality, we're called racists. When they're the ones that are trying to take the guns away from everybody, minority, white, black purple green whatever color people are they they want to take away their second amendment rights and that's just bs anybody that wants to take away your guns wants to do you harm 
Yeah, and I've said that before on this program many times. I mean, the people who most want you not to have a firearm are the people who intend to do wrong by you and therefore should be treated like criminals. Hitler is a prime example of that. He took away the people's Our streets firearms. will be safer. 1938 National Firearms Act passed in Germany. I mean, it, it is a startling realization when you come to the, the, the hard truth that these laws that we've been fighting... and. You, you made a great point, and I think that this is really excellent. Everything that we've done in Georgia is just repealing laws. We haven't actually been promoting laws that would make us have greater rights or to give us more opportunity. We're just removing the laws that are restricting us. The laws that are unfairly restricting us. That started out as Jim Crow laws. They did. And so what if we moved beyond that and started to actually push for legislation that was granting rights instead of just uh, restoring rights? Oh, boy, those hateful moms would have a fit then. I mean, we, we guns everywhere, Bill, was just a, a removing of a prohibition. What if we started to advance legislation that would actually require things and now we're going to get into this Kennesaw. This, this dichotomy and this is one of the things that i brought up at the beginning because you have what is the difference between facebook and a private business now georgiacarry.org supports private business owners being able to make whatever choices they want right right I mean, that's that's a fundamental thing georgiacarry.org is not going to take on all of the private business owners associations and say you have to let our members carry in your store but and, and I don't disagree with that. But in a larger sense, I have to ask why. Because it seems like every other right comes with the obligation to support that right, even if you disagree with it. And I'm thinking and straight. So let's be straight about gay rights for a second. And you can be a Christian and be completely against gay marriage and refuse to bake a cake for a gay wedding and get sued. And, and find and lose that lawsuit. Yes. Now, if you say I'm completely against guns, and someone says, "Well, I'm sorry, I have a right. I'm going to sue you for it," you would lose. The lawsuit would lose. But if it's for any other civil right, and firearms ownership, possession, and carrying is Except a civil for right. Except religion. It depends on the religion. If you're Muslim, you get all the rights in the world. But if you're a Christian, you get crapped on. Yeah. Just saying. You know the the problem is is that there's there's a, a big difference between individual rights and, and corporate rights, folks. We're at a commercial break. We'll be right back. And now back to GeorgiaCarry.org radio with Doug and Jesse King. Welcome back, folks. So as we took the break, I was talking a little bit about the difference between individual rights and corporate rights. And so you have some rights that are inherent to the individual, and these are rights that, that cannot be abrogated without losing the right entirely. And then there are some rights that are come from being part of a collective. So, you know, you have a right, let's, uh, an individual right are rights like bearing firearms or freedom of conscience. You can believe what you want to believe. Then that that branches out to freedom of religion because when as a religion you can't really be a religion of one. That's just your personal conscience or belief. But when you are a group then you have a, a religion that follows the same tenets and that as a, as a body has 
different rights than the individual have. It's not simply that the individuals add together to make the same right for the, the, the body, but the body itself begins to take on rights. This is the way corporations were formed, right? Right. Because your, your individuals have certain rights, but the corporation ended up having rights too. Corporations can donate money to political parties in the U.S. because they have a corporate right that has become more than just the amalgam of the individual rights. And I see that firearms ownership is starting to or should move in that direction, whereas it, we start to you know, have groups like GeorgiaCarry.org and other groups like the NRA that are more than just the sum of their individual parts, but have an individual or have a corporate entity which has rights in and of itself, and that the, we need to protect these things and, and focus on them and, and promote them, because without that kind of influence and, and without that kind of, of gravity that is brought to the situation, we cannot move the minds of the public in general or legislatures in specific. And it's time that we started moving public opinion. We need to show people that owning firearms and possessing firearms and daily carrying firearms is not abnormal. I think that part of that movement is carrying openly in public and not being a menace while you do so. Mm-hmm. Because people have in them this fear now of firearms and the people who carry them. I mean, we're automatically viewed as gun nuts or unstable or and I've volatile. I've always carried the title gun nut with badge of honor, to be honest with you. When people start asking me if I'm a firearms enthusiast, I say, no, I'm a gun nut, man. Right off the bat. I'm fine with that. I don't see it as a pejorative term whatsoever. Well, I think that there's a point where you can be a nut for anything to a... Um, unhealthy level and i think that the people that are like that are the ones that are like hiding in bunkers and yeah preparing for the apocalypse i mean there comes a point where prepping is good to be prepared for emergencies and then there becomes a point where that becomes an obsession and an unhealthy obsession absolutely but um i'm a gun nut and proud of it well, I don't know how proud I am of it. I'm actually in therapy. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> but So we, we've got groups and organizations that hopefully transcend just the, the amalgam of their parts, that they're able to do more because of that, and they have greater responsibilities because of it, too. I mean, GeorgiaCarry.org carries a lot of weight in the legislature. And that bears with it an awesome responsibility because, you know, if you have a, a, a gun group out there that's, you know, banging on the legislator's door saying, vote our way or we're not, you're not going to get reelected, that only works one time because if you threaten them not to get reelected and they get reelected, then they realize that you had absolutely no power in this whatsoever. And you, if you do have the ability to get people thrown out, then you got to look at yourself and say, you know, am I really advancing the cause am i getting the better people in because some people do need to be forced out of office and some people you know are replaced by something worse when it comes in so how do you get involved i mean what what is the best way to be involved in a group like this georgiacarry.org you just go online to georgiacarry.org and you can pay a 20 dollars a year dues and become a member They'll send you your emails about what's going on under the gold gnome, what's cooking down there, and tell you when you need to be called to action and who you need to call and talk to. 
and which you know bodies are having subcommittee hearings and where and what rooms they're in and who needs to be, you know be called and who needs emails and who needs you to show up and when they're going to be having a rally or a demonstration and when they're going to be people you know holding signs and making sure you're in the right place all of that comes during the legislative session and th- this is important it's important to show that we you know care about these issues and that it's important to us and that we want meaningful changes but there's a lot more opportunities than just a legislative session there's gun shows and there's chances to talk to the public and make that difference in the public eye so we do this at at gun shows we do this in in a, a lot of different places local chapter our meetings. chapter meetings along with you know the big shanty festival and what's the kick and boots festival or whatever that little festival is in kennesaw where they have the music festival a lot of different places where we set up a booth and, and talk to the general public about gun rights in Georgia and booths that are run entirely by volunteers and yeah volunteers that are members of Georgia Carry who give, are given the opportunity to make nice with the public and show that we're good upstanding citizens that are carrying firearms and, and not criminals absolutely and these are important things now you know the local chapter meetings are a great venue as well that's a place where you can get involved and, and meet some people who are like-minded. They usually have some sort of a, a coalescing event where, you know, you either go to a range or they're at a restaurant and they have a speaker, uh, some topic that's of interest to the local group. Yeah, and they usually get barbecue. I noticed a lot of these end up at the barbecue restaurant. That leads me to a little – we're going to take a segue off for a second. On February 27th, they are doing the – GCO annual fundraiser at the U.S. Cafe oh, yay. in Smyrna. So I want to say it's around lunchtime. U.S. Cafe is a, a great place to eat, sit and visit with some other people that are like-minded and raise some money for georgiacarry.org to help fight the good fight. And that's something that we, as a group, really need to get involved in. I mean, there's there's a lot of things that Georgia Carey does that to bring awareness and and to make the the public more involved. You know, the this buttons radio that, show, this <laughs> radio show, buttons that are given out. You know, the magnets that are made, all of this stuff that is promoted and given out. You know, low cost or free. And Georgia Carey has to have an operating budget to be able to make these things happen, especially things like this show. You know, to get the airtime and to 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 get everybody where they have to be is is always a challenge and if you enjoy this show and you're listening online you could listen to us on your local station if you will talk to your local station that you would normally listen to and tell them that you would enjoy georgiacarry.org radio and then send us an email at radio at georgiacarry.org and let us know all the contact information of who you've spoken with yeah just and the, we'll reach the, out to them the the station call letters and and who the station manager is that you spoke to and and ask to speak to the station manager or program director and tell them that you listen to georgiacarry.org radio you listen to their station and you'd like to do both at the same time and this will give them an opportunity syndication of this show is fast and easy if they reach out to us or or we have the contact information to let them know what what it takes it's something that we can get on your local station and you can start saving your data so, folks, you know, there there is a lot of ways to be involved with Georgia Carey. There's a lot of things that you can do to be more involved and, and to help advance gun rights in Georgia. You know, it's, it's hard because there are a lot of distractions 
going on in in this world and, and takes our, our attention away from the things which are truly important in life, like our family and and our children and, and the things that really matter. Right, Jess? I guess. And we need to stay focused on what's important for us. And family is important. And the values that we instill in our family is important. And the rights that we preserve for our family is important. Protecting our families are important. And if we don't do these things and we don't do them, you know, religiously, then the rights are eroded and big government takes over and politicians that are only interested in their own bottom line win. And we don't want that. We want to hold the politicians accountable. We want to build bridges with the the people who are are like-minded. We want to make sure that our government is responsive and who knows that we, the people, are going to make a stand on certain issues. And to keep big government from taking over and, and taking our guns away requires some tenacity. We have to stay at it. It's not something where we can get a law passed and at the end of the day say, well, it's passed. Go home. Because the other side is constantly working against us, trying to change it and take it back away. You know, the states were designed to be laboratories of democracy, and I don't understand why there isn't more fluidity where people who really dislike the way that this state is run will go to a state that is run more to their liking. You know, there are states in this country where firearms rights are almost non-existent. And it's a sad thing to say, but there are. And those states have made their choices. The people keep electing the same people. They, the grassroots organizations can't get a foothold there. Well, go live there. Now, I, I believe that there are some things that, again, through the laboratories of democracy, you see work in other states and you bring to your state and try to import it. And if the people are receptive to it, then that's great. If not, then you decide whether or not, you know, in your hierarchy of needs, whether that, that right or that privilege is important, worth moving for or worth staying and, and doing without. But the, the wholesale attack on one of the most fundamental things that makes us Georgians, you know, our, our right to hunt and, and carry a firearm. You know, we've been able to have a lot more freedom in carrying a firearm than even Texas has. Because we allowed for the open carry of firearms for years when Texas would not. And you would think, you know, of all the places open carry would be, you know, embraced, it was Texas. But no, and, and Georgia has a lot a richer, deeper history of firearms ownership, of gun culture. And it, it's time that we really take a stand. I agree, and I believe that we have come to the end of our show this week. Well, folks, thank you for tuning in. Uh, we will be back, be back next week, same bat time, same bat channel. In the meantime, get out there, enjoy the weekend, and do something important. We'll talk to you later. This has been GeorgiaCarry.org Radio with Doug and Jesse King. GeorgiaCarry.org is Georgia's no-compromise voice for gun owners. Tune in each week for valuable information on protecting your Second Amendment right to keep and bear arms. GeorgiaCarry.org Radio, Saturday mornings at 8 on News Talk 1160, the talk of the town.